0: Are all Christians going to heaven? Before I address this question, I want to preface this by saying the goal in this life is not simply to get to heaven, but to live as citizens of that kingdom here on this earth, as pilgrims and strangers in a foreign land. And in order to even answer this question, we first have to ask another, What is a Christian? One could say a Christian is someone who believes Jesus is the Christ. However, that would not be adequate. James tells us if we believe there is one God, we do well. The devils also believe and tremble. Taking the definition a little deeper, a Christian is one who follows Christ. Yet in much of Christianity today, it seems to me that the meaning of following is more like the process of being towed by a tow truck, hook up to Jesus, and he'll pull you along but clearly that's not following. If we follow someone, when he goes, we go, and when he stops, we stop. Now, it might surprise you to know that the word Christian is only mentioned in the Bible three times. So what were Christians typically called in the Bible? Well, disciple is a very common term, meaning something like a student or a pupil, one who wants to be like his master. He doesn't merely want to stop when he stops and go when he goes. He wants to drive like he drives. And here's the thing. Christ is holy. Do you desire to be holy? Let's look further yet. The word disciple is used frequently in the Gospels, but not past the book of Acts. So, what were Christians called throughout the rest of the New Testament? Well, brother or brethren are definitely common, and a beautiful expression regarding our relationship in the family of God, but is there something more indicative of the Christian character like more of an adjective. In fact, there is. In the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, we have a common word that is seldom used in our day and age, and maybe rightfully so. That word is saint. A saint is defined as sacred, pure, and morally blameless. Maybe you think that definition is presumptuous. Please understand that the Greek word used for saint is the same word used for holy. And not only holy, but also the Holy Ghost, as well as the Holy One. So what is a Christian? He is one who is like Christ. And those are the ones that are going to heaven. And it's not merely a title. This is a way of life. So if we find ourselves in this way, are we then guaranteed access to heaven? Well, just like any way or path that we travel on, we can veer off course and be lost. He gave us all that we need for the journey. We've repented of our sin and been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb through baptism. We have His Word as a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. His Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. An unction from the Holy One to know all things. We're established with His grace grace and he extends his merciful hand should we trip along the way. And yet we still have numerous warnings in Scripture to take heed, beware, and be not deceived. Why is that? If you're one of those people who believe you'll cross into heaven based solely upon the blood of Jesus or faith alone or grace alone or mercy alone or any other false doctrine which threatens to turn the grace of our God into lasciviousness, please consider the following. Peter tells us that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? It's not the blood of Jesus that's going to be judged here, neither the grace of God. We are the ones who will be judged, not according to our faith, but according to our works. Similarly, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things we've done, whether it be good or bad. Paul also tells us in Romans 11, For if God spared not the natural branches, speaking of Israel, take heed, lest he also spare not thee, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. At this point, you may be thinking, I was always taught that it's our faith alone that gets us into heaven. Now, where is that in the Bible? Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that was something Martin Luther added back in the 1500s. You won't find it in the Word of God. The only faith alone doctrine that I know of is a dead one. James speaks specifically to this when he says, in James 2, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. And shortly after this, he asks us, Wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead although it's outside the scope of the question here to address the subject of faith and works at length i'll say this much if you believe in a faith alone doctrine james says your faith is dead jesus tells us in matthew 7 many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name Done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Have you ever prophesied? Have you ever cast out devils? Have you done many wonderful works? So, if getting to heaven is more than just having faith, do we have any idea or examples in Scripture regarding the judgment we might face? If we're looking for a picture of who is going to heaven, I can't think of a better place to go than the words of the Lord himself. In Matthew 25, we read that before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Jesus said to those on his right hand, For I was in hunger and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. It was these who inherited the kingdom. Then to those on the left hand, he said, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? What strikes me about this passage is that both those on the left and the right called him Lord. The difference was not what they called him, it's how their love for him naturally compelled them to serve him. I've heard it said that the final words of Jesus are found at the end of Matthew's Gospel, the Great Commission, Go ye therefore. But these were not Jesus' final words. He told John to write a book to the seven churches in Asia, as we find it preserved for us in the book of Revelations. To each of the seven churches, he says, I know thy works. He mentions both the good fruits as well as any works of the flesh. He warns them, if they don't repent, he will remove their candlestick, fight against them with the sword of his mouth, and will blot out their name out of the book of life. And to each of the seven churches, he speaks to those who overcome. And said things like, they will eat of the tree of life in paradise. They will not be heard of the second death. And he concludes all of it by saying, in Revelation 3, verses 21-22, to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. So, are all Christians going to heaven? Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city.